Hello everyone. I am very thankful to be able to give my word test a testimony, Lord, and very thankful to have a testimony to give. Um, I'll just start off reading a few verses from Psalm 147. It's verses 1 to 5. Praise ye the Lord, for it is good to sing praises unto our God, for it is pleasant and praise is comely. The Lord doth build up Jerusalem. He gathereth together the outcasts of Israel. He healeth the broken in heart, and bindeth up their wounds. He telleth the number of stars, and he calleth all by their names. Great is our Lord, and of great power. His understanding is infinite. These verses are a key part of my testimony, and they're extremely important to me. As verse 1 says, Praise ye the Lord, for his good sing praises unto the Lord. And I hope as I give my testimony tonight, and I tell you of how God has helped me and encouraged me through my Christian walk, that it will sing praise unto our God. The first blessing I received was to be born into a loving Christian family, which you've heard many good things about already. But I was only 12 days old when they first took me to my first church service, so when I say I was sent to every meeting that's going on, I don't disagree. They sent me to Sunday school, to children's meeting, and all the rest. And from a very young age, I remember knowing that I had sinned. I knew that telling a lie was wrong, and that was against God's law. And I knew that I needed the forgiveness from the Lord. And in the back of my mum's Bible is the date, the 4th of June, 2000. Just when I was four years old, I was saved. No, I don't remember anything about this state, and that always bothered me for a long time. I've heard of many people questioning their knowledge of salvation because they didn't have a date. Well, I had a date, but that didn't help me. But I remember one night, a couple of years later, and I was so scared to go to sleep. What if I wasn't saved? What, what if I died and I went to hell? Well, I prayed that night, and the Lord gave me peace. Now, I don't remember that date, but I remember I've always had that peace ever since of the Lord saving me. And typically when I give my testimony, I, I will say, growing up I didn't have a lot of drama. I was blessed to have good Christian friends as I moved from our Christian school in Portadown onto Tandergate Junior High School and onto Portadown College. And while this is true, the Lord did bless me growing up and I had great Christian friends, that would leave out one particular thing that I didn't used to mention in my testimony. You see, at 10 years old, I started to have chest pain. And it was just now and again, so you know, it was a bit weird to 10-year-old having chest pain. But the concern really came when I was running, and I say running, it was more like walking or being through an 800 meter race in sports day and I wasn't able to finish it because I turned blue and wasn't able to breathe. At this time tests began and I began having monthly appointments with the doctor which I thought was completely normal. It's like going to the dentist on a routine basis. But while I was in pain I still know I was very blessed because I wasn't tempted to go out to the disco in high school or go to drinking in college or on to anything else in university because God gave me great Christian friends. I cannot stress how important it is to have great Christian friends. As it says in Proverbs 27, 17, iron sharpeneth iron, so does a man sharpen the kindness of his friend. And there are key days in our life that we'll never forget. And one came for me when I was 16, and I remember this day, and I will never forget this day. It was like it was last week. I was sitting on my bedroom floor, day after just a normal day after school, taking off my makeup, and I went to stand up, but I couldn't. See, I couldn't breathe. I felt like someone was stabbing me in my chest. I remember crawling up the house to my mom because I couldn't walk, I couldn't talk, I couldn't shout down to her, but for three or four minutes, I could not physically take a breath. It was at that moment in time, I was very glad I started swimming lessons very early because holding my breath was a very good skill I had at that moment, and I used it quite a lot. After some tests, the doctors kind of figured that my ribs were slipping out of place. They weren't entirely sure and they had no idea why this was happening, but they thought that was the reason for it. So while I was doing my GCSEs, I not only learned how to do maths in English, but also how to put my ribs back in place without hitting the surrounding muscles. Now, I don't tell you this to make you feel sorry for me, or to give you, but only to give you an example of how God can use things that we think can only be bad for our own good. I often wondered why I had this. Why did my ribs have to cause me so much pain? And I got one of my answers when I was doing my A-levels. 
because I had no idea what I was doing. I had no idea what I wanted to do. I just knew I had to make this big decision at 18 years old. So I picked some courses, and the morning of two of my exams, my ribs came out of place. And me being the stubborn mule that I was, decided I'd go ahead with my exams. So armed with a cup of coffee and a chocolate muffin, I went on ahead and I did my exams. I failed both of those papers, unsurprisingly. But because of that, I didn't get the grades that I applied for my courses. So when my results came on a Thursday, I'd been left pending on my second choice, which was chemistry. And I was like, oh no, what have I done? You see, I've always been very good at maths. But maths can also be extremely boring. So the idea of three years of maths did not sit well with me. So I chose chemistry, slightly more exciting. You know you can do lab work and you can have experiments. That sounded fun, but it's also really hard. So I didn't know what I was going to be able to do. What universe, not going to university didn't make sense, but going to chemistry didn't make sense, so I prayed. I prayed so much that weekend. I should have prayed more when I was choosing my courses, but I didn't, but I prayed this weekend. And on Monday morning, I was accepted into a course called chemical engineering, a course I didn't know existed, a course of maths and chemistry. And even if I had chosen that course, I wouldn't have gotten to it. You see, God knew what I needed. He knew the path I needed to take, and he knew how stubborn I was. Not only did I um, get into that course, but in 20, July 2020, via YouTube, I graduated with a master's in chemical engineering. Amen. Great is our Lord, and of great power. And I'm sure there are things going on in each of your lives, and it simply doesn't make any sense to you. You're asking why, just like I did. I simply remind you of Jeremiah 29, verse 11. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. It might not make sense to you at this moment, but keep going and trust God. He's got a plan for you, and even if it doesn't get any better anytime soon, God is still in control. And you see, it didn't get better for me straight away, because as I went through university, my ribs got worse, to the point where I didn't start off with breakfast, I started off with two ibuprofen. Two hours later, two paracetamol. Two hours later, two ibuprofen. And that was my day. And even then, I could only make it out to class about 60% of the time. This had a huge effect on my mental health, and the devil, after all those years in the background, not really causing any drama, not stirring up too much in my life, he finally knew where to attack. Because he, as the pain got worse, so did the thoughts towards myself. I told myself there was nothing wrong. You know, everybody thinks like this. Nobody really likes themselves. You know, and as the thoughts got worse, to the point where I really, truly hated myself, the devil changed the thoughts to, you can't tell anybody now. This is your fault. This is you. You're doing something wrong. And as the kid's course goes, the devil is a sly old fox. He never, really, he never starts you off by throwing the deep end. No, he starts with a thought, and he leads you there, step by step. And after months of these thoughts, months of pain, months of missing class, stress about university, I lost all control, and I began to self-harm. And the worst bit about this was I thought I was doing this to gain control. I could give you a hundred reasons why I justified this to myself, why I did this, why I was okay to do this, but in real reality, I was just trying to live my life without God and not going to him. And while I was pushing God away at this time, he never once pushed me away. Now I've said again, Christian friends are important and God blessed me with good Christian friends at university. And there was one particular day that my friends wanted to pray for our ear, as they had done many times throughout our course. And unfortunately at the time, but fortunately now, I could not find a reason not to join them. And when it came to my time to pray, I couldn't. You see, I knew exactly where I stood with God and it was far, far away. I could not sit there with my friends and pray a prayer that I could not meet. And that day, one of my friends found out what was going on and he was so annoying. 
but I'm so grateful. See, he never left me alone after that. He constantly checked on me. He prayed for me. He encouraged me to pray. He sent me Bible verses. The verses I read at the start are from him at that time. And I encourage every one of you to pray for each other. You don't know what's going on. You don't know what people are hiding behind that face. They show up on Sunday. But the, his prayers and your prayers make a difference. See, his prayers and reminders that God loved me got through to me. And just a couple of months before my 21st birthday, I came back to the Lord and was baptized on the 16th of March, 2018. Thank God that I am not the judge. Thank God for that night as a child where I was saved. Thank God for Jesus paying my debt on the cross. Thank God for those verses that says he gathered together the outcast of Israel. He healeth the broken in heart and his understanding is infinite. God never stopped loving me for a moment, despite everything. And for anyone that's backslidden and fallen away from God, I urge you to come back. God loves me. He loves you. Never think I've messed up too much. I've gone too far. Once we're saved, God holds us in his hands. He does not drop us. He does not set us down when we do something wrong. He holds us, and he will never let go of us. Now, typically at this point, I get to sit down and go, whew, that's over. But I've got another five years to cover. <laughs> and this is a bit another I don't really cover, but... See, long after I came back to the Lord, my ribs got worse again. And it was about 22, I think it was the last time I was able to get all my ribs back in place. Um, so I always had about three or four that just wouldn't budge back in. And if I tried too much, I'd just hit the muscles around them. And that was quite a lot of pain. At this time, my shoulders also started to dislocate. I mean, two months into my master's, my kneecap had dislocated twice. The first time I didn't notice, I was going down a mountain and... I knew something was wrong. It didn't look quite right, but I was very used to pain, so I just, you know, up a mind, you keep going. Um, but I was in class, and I hit my knee off a table, and I went to the hospital the next day, and yes, I had dislocated it. So I spent eight weeks at home, not able to use crutches, because if I used the crutches, my shoulder would dislocate. Um, and I was studying and trying to do everything, and I got back to university after that time, and it was about a month later, and I hit my knee on the same table in the same room again. I was back there. And you know, I was like, why? Why again? You see, looking back, God blessed me through that. You see, I had to change my research project completely. I wasn't allowed near the lab, and I couldn't even get into the lab, so I had to do a completely computer-based research project. And from that, in the middle of COVID, I walked straight into a job. When my other classmates had had some of their offers brought back because of COVID, they couldn't offer the place anymore. What a blessing that God gave for me. Over the next three years, my knees, shoulders, knees, and ribs all got worse, so if I took off my jacket, my shoulder would dislocate. Um, if I walked down some stairs, my knee would dislocate. Um, typically breathing and sneezing were the main causes for my ribs coming out of place. But God was always there for me. I started to say, on good days, I could get out of the bed. On the bad days, I had chocolate. Needless to say, I had a lot of chocolate. Early last year, I found out I had spinal decay in my neck. Um, and then in August, I had a big hit where I had to come early from our home early from our youth weekend, having dislocated, there's a list here, guys, my ankles, my knees, my hips, my shoulders, my elbows. And from my elbow, I trapped a nerve and went shooting in my hand. I was in a lot of pain. But from this, we decided to go to a private doctor. 16 years later, I finally got diagnosed with hypermobility aldosteronal syndrome. At this point, I was already using a walking stick, and I was told, no treatment, no cure, gonna keep getting worse. I was heartbroken. I knew that my future would soon involve a wheelchair, and after 16 years, I never thought the diagnosis would be this. When I was younger, it would have suggested I would grow out of this type of thing. And now, 
obviously after 16 years I knew I wasn't growing out of it, but I didn't think that a wheelchair would be my future. But my amazing Christian friends sent me a present to cheer me up, and in it was this verse, Isaiah 43, verse 2. When thy passes through the waters, I will be with thee, and through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burnt, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. This verse pulled me back from that heartbreak, and I was able to rest on God that no matter what, he would be there for me, and he would help me. And around this time, my dad came to me, and he brought me another verse, James 5, 14 and 15. Is there any sick among you? Let him call upon the elders of the church, and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of the faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up, and if he commit a sin, they shall be forgiven. And I thought over this for many months, overthinking it, worrying about it. I didn't want to ask if it wasn't God's will. I'd been blessed so much that I didn't want to say, Lord, take it away. Yes, it's pain. There's a lot of pain, but you blessed me. I didn't want to ask if it was to continue blessing me through it. I wasn't sure if I was sick enough. I also didn't want to ask. I thought this was for extreme cases, and I didn't necessarily think I was there yet. But I also didn't want to not ask. The idea of not being in pain was quite nice to me. And then one Sunday, the Reverend Gray was speaking on prayer, and his take-home message was leave it with the Lord. How often do we worry about things unnecessarily instead of just leaving them with the Lord? How often do we leave a burden with the Lord in the night to only pick it up again the next morning? That day I spoke with the Reverend Gray. Now on the 1st of March this year, the Reverend Gray and the elders in Tandragee anointed me and prayed with me. And then on Thursday morning, I woke up and I went to do my normal routine that I had done for months. Do a wee twist of the arms, put the shoulders back in place. Do a wee twist, put the ribs back in place, and then put the hips. That's what I did every morning for months. Not this morning. I woke up and I bounded down the house to my mum, which she also went, yes, would you be careful? But I was not in pain. For the first month time, in about 10 years, I was not in pain when I woke up. Now, I wasn't able to finish my 800 meter race when I was 11, but now I can run a mile. I do not enjoy it. Running is not fun. I don't care if you disagree with me. I don't like running. But I can bow my head to pray without worrying about dislocating my shoulder. I can sing with all my weight without worrying about a rib coming out of place. He healeth the broken in heart. He bindeth up their wounds. God's timing is perfect. See, when I first had symptoms in about when I was 11, they didn't know that this condition barely existed. When I got diagnosed, it was only recently they had found out what was causing it, and therefore they only recently found out there was no cure or no treatment. See, I had to wait 16 years so that when God healed me, nobody could say, she just got treated. No, God healed me. I had 16 years to prove it. I had multiple x-rays to show the dislocations. God healed me. It will be 12 weeks this Thursday, and I have never gone 12 weeks since I was about 10 without pain. I've had a headache here too, but no pain. Great is our Lord and of great power. His understanding is infinite. No matter what we go through, God's planned it all out to his honor and his glory. He is with us throughout it, and it's better than we can ever imagine. Never once did I think I would wake up and not be in pain. But God did. God had a plan. We do want to thank Esther very much on your behalf for coming and for sharing that personal word.
of testimony. And it's great, of course, that the Lord has given her these weeks uh, free of pain. And some of you who are struggling with pain then know what that's like. And uh, it's wonderful, of course, to say he healeth all our diseases. We're going to have a short Bible reading, and I want to read from 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. And we're going to read from verse 7. 1 John chapter 4, verse 7. Let's hear the word of God. Beloved, 1 John chapter 4, verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. And this was manifested, the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man have seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. Amen. We'll end the reading there at verse 12. And we pray the Lord will stamp with his own approval and blessing these words of Holy Scripture. If you turn tonight to Psalm 28, I just want to read. We'll read two verses. Psalm 28. Some time ago I was at a funeral service. And it's good to see Tina and Helen and Rachel here and of course it was the funeral service for the late Reggie Hamilton whom we loved in the Lord and he was a tremendous man of God and that that service is on the internet and I would encourage you to listen to that funeral service. I I was talking to um, Helen's husband David and of course whenever we get together the two of us we always banter a wee bit about the scripture and about the saviour and he was telling me of a verse of scripture that uh, really blessed him And it was this particular verse that I'm going to read to you. In Psalm 28 and verse um, 6 we read, The Lord is is my strength and my shield. My heart trusteth in him. I am helped. Therefore my heart greatly rejoiceth and with my song will I praise him. Let me just read that again. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusteth in him, and I am helped. Therefore my heart greatly rejoices, and with my song will I praise him. Now, in Psalm 28, there's a tremendous lot in this psalm. And I just want to focus on one wee bit of scripture that David had shared with me at the funeral sitting with a cup of tea, and it was this. My heart trusteth in him. Now, I want to tell you something tonight, and it's this. I believe that's the key to living the Christian life. My heart trusteth in him. So whatever your need is, physical, mental, bodily, financial, 
spiritual, whatever your need is, your need is found by raising this testimony. My heart trusteth in him. As we finish tonight, there's three things. There's a person mentioned here. In him. Of course, that refers to the Lord. The Lord is my strength and my shield. He, he, he says in verse 6, Blessed be the Lord, because he hath heard the voice of my supplication. So he's talking about my supplications, praying to the Lord. He, he, he says the Lord is my strength. Uh, remember, in him we move and live in living of being. It's him that gives us strength. Um, the psalmist said, the Lord is the strength of my life. Uh, he's my shield. And you've got to think about uh, protection and about his presence. And then he adds this, my heart trusteth in him. Not in the temple. And of course, the temple was a beautiful um, uh, decorated thing uh, that, that he, he could go to and visit, um, at least it, 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 as far as the tabernacle is concerned. And, and then later on, of course, the temple when it was built. He wasn't trusting in his own goodness he wasn't looking into his heart and saying, you know, I'm such a good, wise, faithful king, and um, uh, people love me. Uh, and he wasn't full of a, a sense of self-love. Because remember, this is the man that said, behold, I was shaped in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Uh, and he said in Psalm 51, verse 4, speaking to the Lord against thee, here's a man in prayer. He's broken, he's backslidden. He's been backslidden for 11 months. And he says, against thee only. Have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest? He wasn't trusting in Israel's high priest. He wasn't trusting in any of the priests. He wasn't trusting in any of his princes or counselors that he knows. He wasn't even trusting in his own Jewishness. And of course, the Jews are a very proud people. And they love their culture and they love their identity and their way of life. And maybe we as Ulster people should maybe learn something about our true identity and our true culture and, and learn to, to cherish our culture and its heritage. But that's not what the psalmist trusted in. My heart trusteth in him. And notice the reference here to the word Lord. It's in capitals. And all through this psalm, you've got reference to the Lord in capital letters. And of course, that's a reference to Jehovah, the, the, the living and the true God, the, the God of the Bible, the God who's creator and maker, the God who's sovereign, the God who's good, the God who's thrice holy, the, the, the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's interesting that the Apostle Paul 90 times speaks about in him. In him. It's not a throwaway phrase, in him. It speaks of being in union with Christ. In other words, there was a time, a moment in the psalmist's life, as in Paul's life, as in many others who have a testimony tonight, that there was a time and a moment in their life when they looked away from their church, their own self-goodness. They looked away from an individual, a man. They looked away from their culture and their heritage. And they looked to the Lord and they cried out to him, even like the publican, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Now, there's a person that's mentioned here, in him. And you've got to ask yourself, are you in him? In Northern Ireland, we have a great love for the church and there's no problem with that. We man on Sandy Row used to say, when the late Ernie was living, didn't he forget the church? And don't forget the church. And we appreciate your faithful attendance. 
And I believe God's people should be in the house of God on the Lord's day, forsaking not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. And you know what part of the problem in Northern Ireland today? And I was talking about this this afternoon. The vast majority of people have left off attending the house of God. I'm not telling you where to go. I'm not saying just come to the Free Presbyterian Church. I would say to people throughout this country that they should attend some place of worship on the Lord's day. And they should offer praise and thankfulness to God. And they should strive by the grace of God to listen to God's word, read and preached. And take the wheat and thank God for it and let the chaff all blows past. Now, now that's very important. Do you know why? Because the vast swathes of Ulster's population are, are nominal by way of, if we call them, Protestant. And one of the things that they have stopped doing is they have stopped attending church. And they have no fear, thought, or regard for God. And if we went up the shankle tonight and I knocked on the doors, and I'm not just speaking of the shankle, we could, we could do the same in Rathcool. Here, let's come closer to home. In the housing estates down below me here, if you come with me, if I want myself of being fear and trembling, I tell you that, and knocking on the door and saying, excuse me, do you go to any church on a Sunday? But where do you go to? I'm sure that there'd be many and carried off. Tell us that they don't go anywhere. Even though they may have a connection with some church, they never ever attend unless it's a, a special service, maybe at Christmas or Easter or a wedding or a funeral. But the vast majority of us stop the ten. Now, it's good to go to church. But the Bible says, neither is there salvation in any other, for there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And that one name is Jesus Christ, Son of God and God the Son, whom the Father sent to be the Savior of the world. And we read about him here in his love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to what? To be a propitiation for us, to, to be a covering for our sin through faith in him. Secondly, and quickly, there's not only a person mentioned here, but there's a principle mentioned here. He says, trusteth in him. You see, the word trusteth is present continuous tense. And what does that word trusteth mean? Well, I'm going to tell you something. Years ago, after I got converted, I was in a congregational church in Coleraine. And, uh, the man who led the Bible class there was a, a lovely man called Raymond Hare. He's in the glory. And he gave me a beautiful green Bible called the Companion Bible. And he used to say to us, do you see the word trusteth in the Bible? You see the word believeth in the Bible? It's present continuous tense. It means I am believing, I have believed, and I will keep on believing. So those three tenses come to the fore. And he explained it like this. He says, suppose they're putting down tar in the road. Why did they put hot tar in the road, David? Hmm. Well, that's a good question. I've never thought of that. Why? Because it sticks. T-A-R spells tar. Trusting in him. Adhering to him. Relying your whole self in him. That's the principle. That's what faith is. That's why the Bible says the just shall live by faith. We're not only saved by faith, but the whole of the Christian life is by faith. And here's the psalmist, and I want to tell you he's in trouble in Psalm 28. He's going through a dark and difficult day. Things are tough. 
He's maybe been to the graveside and back. He's maybe been to the hospital ward and back and, and spoke to the doctor and spoke to the nurses. There was trouble in the home and in the family. And he's going through a lot of struggles and there's a lot of pain. And, 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 and is there such a thing as joy even in the midst of the darkness and the pain? And the answer is yes. Hi, my heart trusteth in him. He tells us here in this text, and I am helped. Therefore, in light of this, my heart greatly rejoices. You see, he wasn't rejoicing in his circumstances or his situation. He wasn't rejoicing in his pain. He wasn't a pain freak. Oh, give me more pain. But he was rejoicing in Christ as his Lord and Savior. He alone could say, the Lord is my shepherd. And you know who the good shepherd is. The Lord Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd which giveth his life for the sheep. And one final thing. I've been very brief tonight. Isn't that great? Amen. Amen. There's a proclamation mentioned here. For he tells us, my heart trusteth in him. See, see, what's he doing? He's proclaiming his testimony. Thousand years before Christ. He's just like Esther tonight. He's giving his testimony. My heart trusteth in him. You see, my heart refers to the whole of his being. His real true self. His broken heart has now become blessed. How? Because he's trusting in him. And he's trusting in him for salvation. He's trusting in him to hear and answer prayer. In fact, he tells us, Blessed be the Lord, because he hath heard the voice of my supplication. He has good confidence that God has heard. And I'm going to leave it with the Lord. And I'll just let him work it out in his sovereign grace and his sovereign mercy. The Lord is my strength. Do you need strength tonight? Then the Lord is your strength if you trust him. He's my shield, the one who protect you on the journey. Do you know we've got the world to face that we live in? We've got the devil who's on our tails trying to destroy us and mar our testament. We've got struggles with inward remaining sin. And who's our shield? None other than the Lord himself. He's our supplier. Psalmist says, and I am helped. All because he discovered this lovely person, the Lord himself, the good shepherd. And he trusted himself to him. Let me ask as we finish, do you have a testimony tonight? Is this your testimony? The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Are you willing to stand up and say, my heart trusteth in him? Or are you ashamed of him? Because of maybe some sin that you're committing. Maybe somewhere you're going or something you're doing. And you know deep in your heart that it's wrong, it's not right. You need to repent and get right with him. Or maybe you just don't know him at all. And you're, you're drifting aimlessly through life. And of course, what is eternal life? We, 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 we love to think about eternal life. I was thinking about this coming out of Killy Lay, uh, down in the car. I was thinking of these words in John 17. And this is life eternal. That they might know thee, the only true God. And Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. And you know, if we had a prayer for the Roman Catholic community and for the loyalist community, for all nominal Protestants so-called in Northern Ireland, it would be this, that they might know thee as the only true God. No other God but him. He's the love of my life. I live for him. I burn for him. 
I burn brightly for him. And Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Is that your testimony tonight? I leave that thought with you. Do you know this person? Have you adopted this principle? Can you make this proclamation? My heart trusteth in him. I trust you're saved tonight and know it. And you show it.